0: The following message was brought to you by the gifts and love offerings of the people of Rancho Baptist Church in Temecula, California. This message was recorded during our regular Sunday morning worship service. It's always a pleasure to have our Elder Eric Craig as he fills in for Pastor Matt today. And Eric will be talking about some exhortations in light of the day of the Lord. Let's join Eric now as we turn to 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, looking at verses 12 through 22. Now here's Eric.
1: Okay. Go ahead and sit, do I? Sit. I know, thank you. <laughs> and he looks to me, which is my cue. It's time to feed him something. <laughs> Except for I can't feel where these things are. Here we go. Dwight. Yes. Okay, there's a square on the next slide. It should be. There it is. That's the square. Click on the square. And click on the square. Simple mouse click on the square would do. There's no click on it? Okay, well, we'll try it later. That's too bad. That was good. Hey! Let's have a word of prayer, and then maybe the square will work. Father God, we ask that you give us your blessing today as we uh, as we come before you and seek your guidance and your word. We pray, Father, that you would give us insight and understanding and that you'd glorify yourself in every respect. In all that is said and done and thought this morning, we thank you, Father, and ask your blessing in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, this is my dog. It's Wyatt like Wyatt Earp. Everybody say Wyatt. 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 The dog is now wondering what is going on. This uh, Wyatt is an assistance dog. He's especially trained to be able to assist me. If you think of somebody who is blind, they have a, a guide dog. That is an assistance dog that is especially uh, trained for helping the blind. This dog is prepared to help me with uh, the things that I need to have help when they interviewed me and asked me, what would you like a dog to be able to do for you? I said, well, I drop things, and I'd like the dog to be able to pick them up for me. And they said, good, anything else? Well, on occasion, I drop things, and I need the dog to pick things up for me. Good. Anything else? Well, I do drop things during the day. <laughs> and I need the dog to pick them up. They got the message. Um, He is able to respond over 60 commands. It took me two weeks, took all of us in the group that were were trained together, two weeks to have at least a beginning understanding of what these dogs are capable of doing and learning the commands. And I've now forgotten all of them. No. (laughs) Wyatt, sit. Okay, good boy. Okay, whoop. Very good, okay. Uh, down. Good. <laughs> <laughs> very good, Wyatt, very good. That's exactly right. All right, um, now Wyatt, my lap, my lap. Come on, my lap. Right here, Wyatt. Wyatt, my lap. <laughs> There you go. That's good, boy. Thank you very much. Now, (laughs) okay, off, Wyatt. Thank you. All right. Now, if I drop something like this (laughs) or a bulletin, oh, Wyatt, I've dropped my bulletin. Can you give it to me, please? Thank you. Well, thank you. (laughs) <laughs> Thank you very much. Oh, that gets a good one. you good boy. Yes, here you go. All right. There you go. Okay, over here. Wyatt, come here. You need to become invisible now. Down. Good boy. And he looks to me for a treat again. One of the things about dogs is they are very loyal creatures. Have you noticed that? Here you go away, and uh, it helps if you feed them. It's <laughs> it's really all about the food, as it turns out, and um, so uh, and they call it bonding, and uh, we're not supposed to have a lot of people lay hands on him in order to uh, make sure for the first six months that the bonding gets done well. But the reality is, this dog is very bonded to me already, and. Um, one of the things they train the dog to be able to do is to accept pets in public, and we are in public. So in case you're wondering, yes, you may pet the dog. You may pet Wyatt. Um, we do ask that you pet him on the neck rather than on the head. That way he doesn't get confused. Dogs are very loyal to, uh, to those to whom they're bonded. It's not exactly... A parallel, but it's similar in this respect. We, as, as believers at Rancho Baptist Church, are bonded, our are, are, are followers are, are supporters of our pastor and of the pastoral staff and our leaders. Today that's what we want to look at. The big idea is that God's will for us is to live out the right relationships with our leaders and with each other and with the Lord. Turn, if you would, to 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. The context for chapter 5, verses 12 to 22, is that Paul has written in response to uh, some of the questions that the Thessalonians have after Timothy returned from uh, checking up on them, he only spent three Sabbaths, as far as we're aware, in Acts chapter seventeen, verses one to nine, before he was uh, was um, required to go uh, in order to maintain the peace. And so uh, uh, he only had three weeks to to get things together there, but the church came together very well. And uh, when he they had some questions though about what happens. To those who have died in Christ, who have come to faith in Christ and died. And so, in chapter 4, verse 13, they bring that, that question comes up for Paul and he responds to it. But we do not want you to be informed, uninformed, brethren, about those who are asleep, that you may not grieve as do the rest who have no hope. Verse 14. For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, Even so, God will bring with him those who have fallen asleep in Jesus. For this we say to you by the word of the Lord, that we who are alive and remain until the coming of the Lord shall not precede those who have fallen asleep. For the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel and with the trumpet of God, and the dead in Christ shall rise first. Then we who are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And thus, we shall always be with the Lord. Therefore, comfort one another with these words. Now, we usually think of this passage as a passage about the, uh, the, the rapture, and it is. But it's more about responding to the loss of loved ones who have died. And then he turns in chapter five, verses one to eleven, about uh, the day of the Lord. Now, as to the times and the epochs, brethren, you you need no uh, you have no need of anything to be written to you, for you yourselves know full well that the day of the Lord will come just like a thief in the night. While they are saying peace and safety, then destruction will come upon them suddenly. The Uh, like birth pangs upon a woman with child, and they shall not escape. But you, brethren, are not in darkness that the day should overtake you like a thief. For you are all sons of light and sons of day. We are not of, of night nor of darkness. So then, let us not sleep as others do, but let us be alert and sober. For those who sleep do their sleeping at night, and those who get drunk get drunk at night. But since we are of the day, let us be sober, having put on the breastplate of faith and love and, and as a helmet, the hope of salvation. For God has not destined us for wrath, but for obtaining salvation through our Lord Jesus Christ, who died for us, that whether we are awake or asleep, we may live together with him. Therefore, encourage one another and build up one another Just as you also are doing, and once again at the end of this, uh, near the end of this passage, in uh, in verse in verse uh, ten, he's talking about those who have died in Christ, and so he's trying to encourage them concerning that. And then, as he comes to the conclusion, or near the conclusion of his letter, he gives us a number of practical. Ideas of what we are to do in terms of following the Lord. The big idea is God's will for us is to live out the right relationships with our leaders, with each other, and with the Lord. Do you have a question? Get over here. Down. Down. And he looks back. He's very loyal, isn't he? Okay, it's all about the food. It's all about the food. Okay, our pastors and elders and how we need to relate to them. Oh, by the way, you do have notes in your bulletin if you'd like to follow me. There are a number of, uh, of of blanks to fill in. The first is this. Recognize them for who they are and what they do. Recognize them. But we request of you, brethren, that you appreciate those who diligently labor among you and have charge over you in the Lord and give you instruction. They work hard for us, hard for us. Verses 12 and 13 are addressed to the brethren, to everyone in the body. Paul requested uh, two things in terms of their relationships with them and and their two verbs that are in the infinitive form. The first is, in, is translated in the New American Standard as appreciate. The word is literally know to know someone. This is to know the leaders and what they do, to recognize them for what they do. One of the things that we uh, were to, that they were to observe or recognize or appreciate about their church leaders was that they worked hard for them. They diligently labored among them. May I say that we have a very hard-working staff at Rancho Baptist Church. We have Pastor Matt, their senior pastor. We have uh, Lou Dawson, who is our discipleship pastor. We have our youth pastor, Shane DeLisi. Children's pastor, Nathan Reen, College pastor, Eric Keeling. Worship director, Tom Marcello. Doesn't he do a great job? Church Secretary Linda Scow, she does a great job too, doesn't she? Amen. And these are all excellent people. Yeah. And we are very blessed to have them. And they know how to recreate these guys. Think Frisbee golf. But they also do know how to work. They give of themselves and of their time. They work until the job gets done. And they work among us says. And they do. Now, some pastors have a ministry style or a personality in which they're so busy that they really just cannot break away from their, what they're doing. And so uh, they're hard to see. That is not the case with our pastoral staff. They're busy, but they're not isolated. Generally, they are available and they genuinely like to be around us. They want to be with us. So, where's Pastor Matt? Okay. They stand before us as leaders. As leaders. The word is literally to stand before, either as a leader who goes before the people or as a representative before the people. One of the things that I really like about our pastors is, as far as I'm aware, they live their lives with, in a consistent manner, consistent with what they teach or preach. They model their teaching. They instruct or warn us or admonish us. The word here is nuthatuntas, to instruct, warn, or admonish. In 1970, there was a book written, published by J. Adams, Competent to Counsel, um, which draws its central concept from this word. And nuthatuntas ended up becoming Nuthetic counseling where Adams emphasized the spiritual and obedience, the biblical instruction components of counseling. I really appreciate about our pastor Matt how he sticks to the word when he preaches. I, I really appreciate about Lou how he's a man of the word and, and he does a lot of counseling and his counseling is focused where? In the word. Neuthetic counseling, that's what they do. Now, we're also told to respect them very highly in love. Respect, respect them very highly in love. Verse 13, and that you esteem them very highly in love because of their work. Live in peace with one another. Um, This word, hegesli, is to regard, respect, or esteem. And this is not begrudging respect, but it is a super, super big respect. It's a, it's a uh, a, a respect beyond all measure, super more than respect or esteem, super abundant respect. Huper, parasu, The huper is where we get super from. It's. Did you know super was Greek? It is, and that's where one of the things in this word. Super respect is to be given in love, in combination with love. And it is given as a response to their work, what they do for us. And then retain peace. Retain peace in the family. Paul added an imperative about maintaining the peace in the church family. Live in peace with one another. Paul ministered as a pastor and a teacher and he Served as a, as a missionary and in all those things, he knew what it was like to be rejected. You read about it in his letters. You read it in the book of Acts, even about the separation between him and, and Barnabas in Acts chapter 15. Paul knew the hardship which pastors can face in the ministry when there is no peace in the church family. Now, how can you appreciate our pastor? our staff members, our elders, our leaders. Tell them. Call them during the week. Let them know. Send them uh, uh, emails or snail mail. Let them know how you appreciate them. You can take them out to dinner. I understand they like to go to in and out That's correct. In-N-Out. Offer to watch. So if you take them to in and out do you think that will be successful in expressing your appreciation? I think so. Offer to watch their kids so they can go out. Pray for them. Send them the text of your prayer in an email. How you prayed for them. Can you? What can you do to encourage them to help them? There's a space provided in your notes. You can take time to write something down and then act upon that. Now the problem with this kind of suggestion is this week, they're going to get bombarded with stuff. <laughs> Next week, nothing. They're going to wonder what happened. So some of you, who's going to write, will some, who will re- commit to write the second week? Can I get some hands? Okay, I've got one hand. One email. This is not going to work. We need more <laughs> for the second week the big idea is that God's will for us is to live out the right relationships with our pastors, excuse me, with our leaders, with each other, and with the Lord. How we need to relate to each other and to all men our Christian responsibilities in verse 14. And we urge you, brethren, admonish the unruly, encourage the faint-hearted, help the weak, be patient with all men. Now, Paul is urging the brethren, all of us, we are to warn the undisciplined among us. Warn them. The undisciplined are those who are out of order, who are out of line, who are idle. This is a military term. If somebody is out of line, if somebody's not marching in step, that's this kind of word. And so it's an idleness that's involved here. We the brethren are to admonish or to warn them. This is the same word we had earlier. The word that we had for neuthetic counseling, neuthetuntos, this is the same word. So not only are the pastors to warn and instruct us, but we are to warn and instruct others within the body. We're supposed to take that responsibility too. I want to encourage you, if you're going to embark on this kind of a confrontational ministry, this kind of discipleship ministry, you need to have have achieved a certain level of maturity and growth yourself. So it's important that we grow in order to be able to encourage, uh, encourage others to do right. Do not try to do this alone at home. Work together with other mature believers until you've had some experience with this. A certain amount of wisdom is really needed for this kind of ministry. And then we are to encourage the timid. The timid are literally the people with small souls. Small souls. These people are fearful. They have not had or do not think that they have had success in the way that they live their lives. They need to be encouraged they need to be cheered up. This word for encourage actually means to be cheered up. Isn't that what relationships are all about? Isn't that what fellowship is for? These people are so discouraged that they have given up on reaching out. For them, it doesn't work, they think. They need mature, balanced, confident brothers and sisters to reach out to them and to encourage them. Can you be that kind of person? Do you know somebody with a small soul, a sad person who needs to be encouraged, cheered up? How will you reach out to that individual and build them up? And then we are to help the weak. Help the weak. The word for weak is the same one that is used for people who are ill. And there may be people who need help because of physical weakness. In this context, the most likely, uh, weak most likely means those who are weak spiritually, not but not exclusively so. It could also mean morally and physically weak. Those kind of people, well, I'm one of those kind of people. Yes, we need help. You don't have to be a new believer to be young in the faith. All believers can be helped in being built up in their faith. We're weak, we're we're growing, we need to grow. And so that's why all of us listen to sermons. When we think we have arrived and don't need to grow anymore, that is when we are most vulnerable. We can help folks grow stronger in faith when we share how God is working in us and study and pray together. We help folks withstand temptation by praying with them. And spending time with them. We help folks with fiscal weakness or infirmity by volunteering to help with chores, with shopping, and things of that nature. We help folks with financial weakness by meeting basic needs and with education about budgeting and priorities and so on. And then, lastly, we are to be patient with all men. Patient with all men. We need to be patient with all Christians. We are to be patient with all men. We live in a world that is in a rush, don't we? In a world that is impatient. Patient, helpful Christians stand out as obvious and different in a good way. Now, proper Christian responses to one another and to all men. Verse 15. See that no one repays another with evil for evil. But always seek after that which is good for one another and for all men. We must not return evil for evil. Romans chapter 12 verses 17 to 21. Never pay back evil for evil to anyone. Respect what is right in the sight of all men. If possible, so far as it depends on you, be at peace with all men. Never take your own revenge, beloved, but leave room for the wrath of God, for it is written, Vengeance is mine, I will repay, says the Lord. But if your enemy is hungry, feed him. And if he is thirsty, give him a drink. For in so doing, you will heap burning coals upon his head. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. Revenge... And evil retaliation is not to be our way. Our way is to show kindness. Justice dispensed by God and governing authorities is appropriate. And is why we do not resort to vigilantism. But we must seek good for one another and all men. Seek is dioko To run. To press on. To pursue Good is is what is beneficial for the other person, believers and all men. We must go beyond not just abstaining from evil, but working to do positive, purposeful, good things for others. Make no mistake. This does not happen by accident. You have to pursue doing good for those who hate you or harm you. You have to press on to do it. The big idea is that God's will for us is to live out the right relationships with our leaders, with each other, and with the Lord. Now how do we need to live out our relationship with the Lord? These commands focus on, on how we need to live our lives, focus on what God wants us to do, and, and it's about, it's about our relationship between us and God. How to respond in every situation. Always rejoice. The verse is rejoice always. What is the shortest verse in the Bible? Jesus wept. That's the shortest verse in the New Testament and in the Old Testament in English. The shortest verse in Greek is rejoice always. But we are to rejoice. This is a command. Philippians 4, four: Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say, rejoice. Joy does not spring up from circumstances. Joy flows from faith, welling up from the Holy Spirit within us. This is a command. We choose to be filled with joy as a matter of obedience, often in spite of circumstances at all times. Joy is a fruit of the Spirit, part of what results when we are filled by the Spirit and walk with the Lord. Joy is sometimes accompanied by laughter, sometimes with tears, but always with blessing. Then from time to time, pray. From time to time, pray. Um, Pray without ceasing. Prayer is speaking with God, fellowshipping with God, spending time with God, it involves making requests of God. Jesus taught us to pray. You remember the Lord's Prayer? Matthew chapter 6, verses 9-13. to 13. Pray then in this way, Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. That's a request. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. Another request. And forgive us our debts as we have forgiven our debtors. Another request. And do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Another request for thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Constantly, a used of constant intermittent hacking cough. You don't cough all day long. You cough from time to time all day long if you happen to have that kind of cough. This includes regular prayer, impromptu prayer. A fellowship with God in a spirit or state or attitude of prayer. In all things, give thanks. Verse 18, in everything give thanks, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Expressing gratitude in every circumstance. Again, this is a command. Not a begrudging mouthful of assent, but a real thanks and joy in Thanksgiving. Our basis for thanks is God's character and promise. Romans 8:28 and we know that God causes all things to come together for good, to those who are who love God, to those who are called according to his purpose. This is God's will for you. You've wondered what God's will is? This is God's will for you. God's will that we, that we do this. It is God's will for us to give thanks. This statement, it is God's will for you. This statement is usually applied to these three short, pithy commands. A triptych of short and, and, and important, demand, of important instructions that sum up all times and all things that we do in our lives. So how to respond to the Spirit's working? We're almost done. Verses 19 and 20. Do not hinder the leading or working of the Holy Spirit. Verse 19. Do not quench the Spirit. The Holy Spirit is pictured as a flame. Matthew chapter 3, verse 11. As for me, I baptize you with water for repentance, but he who is coming after me is mightier than I, and I am not fit to remove his sandals. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. Acts chapter 2 verses 3 and 4, and there is a, there appeared to them tongues as of fire distributing themselves and they rested on each of them and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit was giving them utterance. To quench the Spirit is to, is to wipe out that flame. Do not resist, do not oppose, do not stifle the guidance and working of the Holy Spirit. How do we do that? What should we avoid? Sin quenches the spirit. Tradition quenches the spirit. Man-made rules and regulations in public worship quench him. Disunity quenches him. Someone has said cold looks, contemptuous words, silence, steady disregard go a long way to quench him. So does an unsympathetic criticism. That's from the Believer's Bible Commentary. Do not reject with contempt the prophetic teaching, preaching, revealing of the word of God. Do not despise prophetic utterances is what we are told in verse 20. Prophecy is properly and primarily speaking or communicating by direct revelation from God. In a secondary sense, prophecy is to speak forth God's revealed word as it is found in the Bible by preaching. And teaching, do not despise or put down out of hand biblical teaching and preaching. beware of having barbecued pastor for lunch after church. Do not deride Bible study either personal Bible study or Bible study in groups. So how to respond to any kind of teaching or program or anything in verses twenty one and twenty two examine everything carefully by comparing it with the word. Examine everything carefully. Hold fast to that which is good, we're told in verse 21. Examine it. In Acts seventeen 11, we're told this about the Bereans. Now these were more noble-minded than those in Thessalonica, for they received the word with great eagerness, examining the scriptures daily to see whether these things were so. Examining the scriptures daily to see whether these things were so. Don't take it because I say it. Don't say it because anybody says it. You take it because it's what the Word of God says. 1 Corinthians 14.29 And let two or three prophets speak and let the others pass judgment. First John 4, 1 John 4.1 Yes, that's right, Matt, uh, Wyatt. Beloved, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits to see whether they are from God because many false prophets have gone out into the world. We need to be careful to what we listen. And what we listen to, we need to examine. Do your own study. Compare with your what you hear with what you read in the Word of God. Examine, study, compare, evaluate. That's not despising out of hand. And then hold fast to that which is good. Hold fast to that which is good. After examining everything carefully and comparing it with the revealed Word of God, Hold fast. Hold on to that which is good and biblically valid. And then abstain from every form of evil. Abstain from every form of evil. Well, that's what the verse says. If a teaching appears to be evil, leave it. One of the commands that we have for the dogs is if they see something on the ground, you're on a parking lot, somebody has thrown down some gum. Oh, they love gum. Gum's not good for dogs. So when they start sniffing out, what you say is, leave it. And if they're trained right, they leave it. We need to leave things that are not good. Um, at, we need to hold fast to that which is good and biblically uh, uh, hold on to that which is right and good. The big idea is that God's will for us is to live out the right relationship with our leaders, with each other, and with the Lord. Now, there is nothing in this passage about the gospel. This passage is about how we should live and act within the church family. How do you become a brother or sister in Christ, a member of the church family, and so avoid the wrath of God? Well, that's the gospel. And this is the bad news or good news as uh, was produced by the people at Eventel. Bad news number one, we are all sinners. Romans 3.23, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Bad news number two, the penalty for sin is death. Romans 6.23, for the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. Good news number three, excuse me, good news number one. uh, Christ died for you. Romans 5, 8, but God demonstrates his own love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Good news number two, you can be saved through faith in Christ. Ephesians 2, 8, 9, for by grace you have been saved through faith and that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not as a result of works, that no one should boast. If you want to receive Christ, if you've never done that before, I urge you to do it today. You can speak to God right now. And you can know that you're going to have eternal life. Not because of what you do, but because of what He did for you. Let's pray. If you want to receive Christ, you can do so right now in this way. God, I have sinned. Tell God that in your heart. I deserve to go to hell and I cannot save myself. But you loved me and sent your son, Jesus, to die in my place to pay for my sins. Jesus, I transfer my trust to you to what you did for me on the cross to save me. I'm not going to depend on me anymore. I'm not going to depend on my best efforts They're not good enough. Jesus, be my Savior. Save me. Thank you. In Jesus' name,
0: amen. Hey, we are so glad that you chose to listen to us today. Our mission here at Rancho Baptist Church is to glorify God by making disciples who love God, love others, and who live to reach their world for Christ. If you have any questions at all regarding this particular broadcast or this sermon, or if you just want to know God in a deeper way, don't hesitate to contact us. You can call us here at the church at area code 951-676-2911. That phone number again is 951-676-2911. Or you can contact us on our website at www.ranchobaptistchurch, all one word, dot org. That's ranchobaptistchurch.org. Trust that you have a great day in the Lord, and God bless you as you walk with Him.